friend, it's me again, your good friend Donovan. When I sat down to start recording this episode, I honestly did not realize until I got up and I went and looked at my calendar that today, August 25th, 2023, when I go to bed tonight, I w- will have completed 90 days, 90 days of sobriety. Pretty awesome. Like I said before, I've, I've been down this road, did it for a year, but this time is different because this isn't a we're going to get to a stopping point, and then the the booze is free-flowing again. But actually, that's not what I really want to talk about in this episode. Um, it does touch on sobriety, because honestly, if it weren't for me being sober 90 days today, essentially, what I'm going through probably would be, would be a little, uh, probably a lot more difficult, or I would... I'd essentially be using it to self-medicate. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not a major thing in my life. I mean, nobody's sick, nobody's hurt, nobody's dead, other than the people that have already been dead for a while. No divorces yet. (laughs) But no, uh, I, I may have mentioned before about my mom passed away in 2019. And when she did, of course, I inherited the old home place quote, the old home place. It's not like it was a an estate or a mansion or anything like that, but it, it was my home place. I lived there from 1976 until, uh, you know, give or take maybe a month or two. I uh, My first marriage only lasted seven months, and, and uh, she and I actually got a place in town, or I should say my mother actually got it for me, because when we got married, there's a whole backstory here that I'm not going to go into in this episode. If you're curious about it, I don't mind sharing it. Um, I don't think I've shared it before in this series of podcasts. Honestly, I, I I can't keep up with what I talk about, so apologies if I wind up repeating myself sometimes. But um, yeah, when I first got married, uh, the the first marriage, we actually was we were living out of my bedroom in my mom and dad's place and of course that that lasted until my mom walked in on us one day i mean the door was closed and my mom does she never met a, a closed door that she didn't want to open and she she got home from getting groceries and needed some help with the groceries and walked straight in and me and my wife were naked so yeah anyway so there was a short time of about maybe 3 months that I didn't live at the home place, if you will. So for all intents and purposes, I've lived there from 1976 until 2006, because when my current wife, the one I've been married to for 33 years and have had three kids with, she and I got married in 1990. Um, We sort of turned in the, on the property, there's an old block house. It started out as as a canning building, years and years ago, and then they poured another, basically, kind of a foundation floor around it. And that's what, that's what me and my folks lived in from 1976 to about 1984. And this is an old block house, fat lighter joist in the, in the top. I mean, it wouldn't have taken much, and that, that SOB would have gone up. And then, uh, my dad started working for General Motors in 76. Prior to that, he was a farmer. And, uh, the guy that he was working for did him dirty and all this other kind of stuff. And then my uncle was working for General Motors. And when I say General Motors, I mean the battery plant. It was Delco Remy and, and uh, or you say Remy or Remy? It was probably Remy. Anyway, Delco Remy and uh, 
in Fitzgerald, Georgia. And so he got on in 76. And then around 84, they bought a double wide and pulled it onto the property. And that was the first time I'd ever had a home that had central heating and air. Prior to that, in that old block house, we had propane space heaters for heat, and we had big-ass window fans for cool. Thank goodness we didn't have 101-degree days like we're having here in South Georgia now. So we moved from there, moved into the double-wide. I tell, I tell you all that because my wife and I sort of made an apartment out of that old block house, and we were only living out of uh, roughly two rooms, a kitchen, and a bathroom. And then eventually, we knocked through a closet, and we expanded out, especially after we had our first kid in 92, and then we had our second kid in 94. We needed the space. And then she and I bought a double wide in 96 or 7, and actually put it on the same property, but way behind my mom and dad's. And we lived there until 2006 because I was promoted to the director of telecommunications for the city of Tifton. It sounds fancier than it actually is. The city of Tifton was a municipal, uh, uh, a municipality that got into the cable broadband game in 1999. I hired on as the network manager and uh, their business plan was flawed. It was effed up. Let's just put it that way. So the general manager wound up, uh, he, he found other opportunities elsewhere. It was So they needed a scapegoat. Then they tried to run the damn thing by committee. Then they pulled it up under the public works department, and I wound up becoming the superintendent, so it was my baby. But somebody else still handled the budget. And then eventually I said, look, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go. I got a friend of mine that's running his his own successful IT company. He's a one-man operation. We can expand his business. I'm leaving. And the city manager said, hold up, give me two weeks. I'm like, okay. And uh, at the end of two weeks, he called me uh, to his office, gave me a memo that said, you are now the director. You're you're like one of my department heads. You are a director. Because that's what it is, was in the city of Tifton. I mean, if you were director of wastewater, you were the guy in charge of wastewater. If you were the director of public works, you were the guy that was in charge of public works. I became the director of telecommunications, which was the, we called it CityNet, but it was a cable broadband department. And uh, we sort of had a pseudo MIS department, so I beefed that up a little bit. And he gave me a raise and gave me a, uh, a company vehicle. But his one stipulation was I had 12 months to move to at least the county, if not the city, which we wound up moving to the county because he said all of his directors had to at least live in Tiff County. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, for the pay, it was it was a pretty decent raise. And then later they came in and did a market study and deter- floored us because the, the market study company did something that I've never seen anybody do. They... They actually pointed out that the city, all these departments, were an upside-down pyramid. And at the very bottom of that pyramid, where that point rested, was right dab on top of MIS or IT. And I was like, holy crap, somebody finally gets it. Because they pointed out, it's like, without your information technology department, or what I called was... was uh, MIS department, your entire thing falls apart. 
And because I ran two departments, basically, and then my guys also kind of moved back and forth, we, we got some substantial raises. I mean, I jumped from about $58,000 to $72,000 in that market study per year. It was, uh, it was pretty good, but I'm getting off track, so I do apologize. But yeah, we bought a house in Tiff County in 06, and we held on to our double wide over there, and there's a whole other story behind that. I wound up having to lose it and wrecked my credit, and again, long story. And the property, I never wanted to be a landlord, so I never, I, I never even entered. After mom passed uh, away in 2019, matter of fact, coming up on four years, uh, November 1st of this year will be the four-year anniversary of her death. And uh, she left me with a, a shit show, basically. I mean, I wound up, she had a loan on it. I wound up having to assume the loan or basically refinance it. And I guess because it's not considered real estate, because mobile homes are not considered real estate, at least in, in Georgia. I don't know about other states, but I can tell you here, it's not considered real estate. Even if the damn axles have been taken out from under them and they're tied down like they're supposed to be, they're not mobile in the, they are in the purest sense, but anyway, it's, it's crazy. So I wound up having to finance her for five years, uh, you know, a monthly payment about two, 268 or $269 for a place that I'm not even using for a place that I had to buy a $1,500 lawnmower and have it dropped over there and keep it, keep it chained up because I was quoted $400 a month for two cuttings per month. So I had to carry my happy ass over there about every two weeks and then fight with the fact that even if it's a brand new lawnmower, you know, shit happens. And so it got damaged and then I had to fix it. And, oh, it was just a clusterfuck, man. And uh, the thing that really, I guess, broke me was about two months ago, I was over there, had to cut the yards. And uh, I'm driving my son's truck because he lives in Seattle. Uh, he's actually coming back next week for for a month of vacation, but he lives in Seattle. He works for Amazon uh, Cloud Services, uh, specifically the firewall firewall department, if I can speak. So been driving his truck over there, 2003 Ford Ranger Edge, submarine yellow. <laughs> That's what we, we call it, the submarine, you know, yellow submarine. And uh, I'm parked up under the carport, and I happened to look over at the old block house, and I noticed that the they were already somewhat dilapidated, but I noticed that all four of the windows that were on the back side of that building, which were actually the windows for the kitchen, were missing. And uh, so I walked over there, and there was glass everywhere. And the door... No longer, the, the, the entryway into the kitchen no longer has a doorknob. So I basically put a clasp on it and a, and a lock, padlock. Someone had taken, best we can figure, because one side, there's a, also a metal shop building on the property that my dad had put down many, many years ago. And uh, it's one of these that you've got the standard doorway, and then at the very end, it's got these double doors that opens up. Well... The, the clasp on it rusted off, so I haven't kept it locked. I mean, honestly, there was nothing in there that I cared if it went missing because, unfortunately, after Dad died in 2013, my, my mom kind of kowtowed to everybody going, hey, uh, can I have this? Can I have that? And I didn't, I didn't get over there and put my damn foot down like I should have. But anyway, best we can figure is there was a metal pole that was in there because that metal pole was stuck through 
the door, the, the, the hole for the door handle, like they were trying to prevent somebody from opening the door. I mean, it was still locked. So we're, we're assuming, you know, making asses out of you and me, but we're assuming they used that to bust out the windows. It was probably just some kids or, I don't know, vagrants or something. I, it doesn't matter. But there was that sense of violation that happened. It scared the shit out of me. I mean, my, my, I, I just went cold when I realized what I was looking at. The front door has been broken on this blockhouse for a while, so we literally had like an old 46-inch rear projection television and some other stuff shoved up against it to try to keep people from coming in. And it looks like they attempted to because it was pushed in, but not enough that anybody could actually get in. So, yeah, it scared the ever-living shit out of me. I mean, and I don't know if you can appreciate that. I mean, I didn't fear for my life, necessarily. I mean, I didn't I didn't have a, a weapon with me, which I rectified that. Every time I go over there now, there's a 9 millimeter pistol with me because I happen to live in a state, whether you agree with it or not, and that's not what this podcast is about. We can conceal carry without permits. We ain't as crazy as Texas. But I think we're getting close to it. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but at this point, I'm actually glad because I didn't have to go through the fucking effort of getting a damn license. I can carry this son of a bitch anywhere I want to. Now, all I do is take it with me from my house here to over there. But I got unnerved. It, I mean, I couldn't sleep that night. There was just, I don't know, it, it really fucked me up. And at 53, I should I shouldn't feel this way. So... I called a friend of mine that I had already offered to sell the place to about a year ago. And uh, I gave him a price. And he went to his normal bank. And this is the way I understand it anyway. And they wouldn't loan him the money. They were like, yeah, we'll loan you the money for the land, what it's worth. But we're not going to loan you the money for anything else. And so that was that was kind of a pass for him, unfortunately. So the, the, the Monday, I think it was the Monday after this all came down, I called him and I said, hey, if you think you can swing it, I'm, I'm, I'm good to come down to this. And basically, I dropped it by 20000 He's like, let me see what I can do. So he goes to the bank that I'm actually banking with. They had no problem loaning him the money to buy the place. So as it stands now, we're, we're closing on it Tuesday, once, uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. When I signed that, that piece of my person, my, my childhood, what the place that I grew up, essentially from six years old to 20 years old. Well, literally longer than that, because we're moving over here. I was 36. So from six to 36, 30 years, can I math? I've been rooted to that place. Now, it's going to a family that they are absolutely over the moon for what they're getting. The double wide is not in that great a shape, but every time they looked at something that needed repair, not a problem, we can take care of that. Because this this guy, is, he's very handy in that type of stuff. And he also, he's an engineer, all right? He works for a company that extrudes plastic. I used to work there as, uh, as well. And he and I actually went to school together. So he's an engineer. He can fix stuff. So he looks at it as just opportunities to make things, to, to fix things and make them better. So it wasn't an issue, you know? So they're over the moon because this will be the first time, it's my understanding, that they've ever owned land and property. He's getting almost two acres, a double-wide mobile home that I think is about sixteen or 1,700 square feet, the old block house, which he looked at and went, I can turn that into a man cave. I'm like, okay, you know, you do you. And then the shop. Now, we did joke 
He's like, I know you're going to be glad that you don't have to cut these yards anymore. I said, hell yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm not necessarily happy that I've got to. And, and we, we had a good laugh. But it keeps hitting me, and I don't know, I, and I don't think my wife understands how stressful this is for me. And I tried to explain it to her, and I, and I wasn't trying to, to, to mitigate, you know, the places that she's lived. Her dad worked for the railroad, so she had a basically a home base, but they kept moving around. So she moved around at least four or five times, my understanding, and, and finally landed in Fitzgerald in 1982. So, I mean, she's been in Fitzgerald since 1982, and then, of course, over here since 2006. And like I told her, I said, look, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish you know, that the, the feelings that you have of, of the place that you are rooted to I said, but you got to understand, I got 30 years of being connected to this place. And honestly, I didn't think that I would feel this way. Once I got over the, I just, I'm sick and tired of having to go over there because it's, th it's 35, 40, about 40 miles away. And so I'd have to eat up an entire Friday every two weeks, which I take Friday off in my business. Anyway, I tell my clients, I'm like, look, I already do stuff for you guys sometimes on Saturday, sometimes on Sunday, because I, what I have to do is service affecting. I'm an IT person. I run an IT company, one person IT company. I got a handful of clients that pays me enough to put food on the table and, and keep my bills paid most of the time. And um, yeah, so I tell them Fridays are mine unless your network is on fire. And then, you know, there's, there's the stuff to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I'm getting over that, and we've we spent all last week, that, that was the other thing. And, and again, I apologize for, for rambling here. But mom left a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that was left in the double wide. There was a lot of stuff that was left in the old, old block house because it essentially became storage. And all of that had to go somewhere. So I, I got a, a roll-off container dropped. And so last Saturday... Me, my wife, and my daughter, we went over there. The guy I'm selling it to, he and his wife and his kids and his wife's family, we wound up having about 15 people, which I'm glad. At first, I was like, oh, God, you know, what, what kind of shit show is this going to be? But no, it worked out great. And we worked from roughly about 10 to 2 until we filled the container up, just throwing shit away, old recliners, um, old computer cases, and yeah, I had a lot of tech from all the way back in the 90s. Side note, I do have an Atom, a ColecoVision Atom, that I was hunting for the damn digital data packs, the Smart Basic Boot Digital Data Pack, and they found them. So I got those. I got some of my Coleco cartridges because I have the Atom. I also have the adapter that allowed you to plug it, plug it into the ColecoVision and play Atari cartridges, and I've got the little driving thing as well. So yeah, we we had to do all of that, and I had to call and have it picked back up, uh, picked up and emptied and dropped back again. And so we're doing the final thing tomorrow, as I'm recording this on the 25th. We were over there today. We have this here in in Tiff County. We we have this organization called Brother Charlie's. They're kind of like a uh, Salvation Army or a Goodwill, but they're localized, and they go into Ben Hill County, which is where Fitzgerald is. And so last Saturday, what we did is I basically said, look, if there's anything in here that you guys want, you take it. If you don't want it and it's still good condition, we're going to put it in the living room. This is the Brother Charlie 
pile. And that's what we did. And so Brother Charlie came today, and they literally almost filled up half that truck of, of stuff. So tomorrow, barring any other kind of things that potentially could happen, which we don't foresee, when we finish doing the cleanup there and I'm rolling away from the old home place, that'll be the last time. That'll be the last time I'm there. Now, I understand that if you're the type of person that have you've moved around all your life and you've, you've been somewhat nomadic, you probably don't have any kind of emotional connection to putting roots down somewhere. So you may not understand how I'm feeling. And that's not to belittle you at all. You know, your perception is your reality. My perception is my reality. And my reality is the fact that I'm about to not give away, but I'm about to let go of a piece of my history 30 years of my history, and it's got me a bit off kilter. And normally, this type of thing, because of all the extra stress levels and everything that's happening, I would have self-medicated. Whiskey, tequila, beer, all of it together, whatever, which would have made doing what we needed to do with throwing all this stuff away a hell of a lot harder because my body would be, <laughs> would be a wreck and it's hot. It is hot. I can tell you right now, tomorrow's forecast, and this has been revised down. Tomorrow's forecast, Saturday, August 26th for South Central Georgia is a high of 99. That's, that's not the real feel. That's not the heat index. It is currently, as I'm recording this, it's 4.56 p.m. Friday, August 25th. It's currently 97 degrees, partly cloudy, with a real feel of 110 Fortunately, I'm sitting in my office, which I keep. I've got one of those mini split units. I keep it on 70 so it stays nice and cool because I do have a lot of computer equipment in here as well. So, yeah, that's how I'm tying it back to sobriety. It's, it's been tough because I've wanted to crawl into the bottle. I've wanted to crawl into that hole in the corner. Just, just give me my blankie and my whiskey or my tequila or my beer. I've never done hard drugs. I've done marijuana, you know once or twice in my life. I do Delta 8 gummies occasionally to help me sleep. There was a while there where I was doing them every night for several, several months, but I started noticing they were having a negative effect on me the next day. So I haven't, I think last Saturday was probably the last time I, uh, the first time in a long time that I did one. And that's because my body was so damn sore and I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to sleep. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where I am right now emotionally and, and with the sobriety is you know, dealing with all of this, having to let go of a, a piece of my past that I've got a lot of fond memories of from when I was a kid, from when I was a teenager, from when my wife and I lived in the old block house, and then when we moved into our swanky almost 2,000-square-foot double-wide in 96 or 97 and all the good times that we had there because it was in that double wide in 2004 where we started playing world of warcraft and that game became as much a part of my life as anything else and at that time i was like i said i was i hired into the city in 99 so from 99 until 2006 i was driving from fitzgerald to tifton and back every day, five days a week. And after we got hooked on World of Warcraft, during the week, I mean, I'd get home, we'd eat supper, we'd start playing World of Warcraft around seven or eight o'clock, then put the kids to bed and still be up till 
till 12. And then I was getting up at 5.30 to get on, you know, to, because I'm not one of these that can jump right out of bed, brush my teeth, put my clothes on and go. I've got a routine. I have to get up, take a shower, drink coffee, take a shit, <laughs> have another cup of coffee. So like I say, there's a lot of, lot of good memories, a lot of good memories. A lot of not so good memories too, but the majority of them are very good. So here I am. I've chewed on your ear enough and uh appreciate you listening. You can let me know your thoughts. You can email me, Don at callmedonovan.com. That's an email address that's that's attached to this podcast. That's Don D O N at callmedonovan.com. And Donovan is D O N O V A N. Like uh Mellow Yellow Donovan. I know I've said that before. But uh yep. 90 days with all the stress that's been going on for the last month. And I haven't caved yet. And I'm fairly confident I'm not going to. (laughs) 